This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Jimmy Otto, the Sports Betters Paradise, talking college football, our favorite thing to talk about here on the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel. Today, we look at the Big 12. And from Big 12 country in Texas, Paul Stone. Paul, how are you? Doing well, Jimmy. Glad to be with you and Randy uh, today, talking college football. Professional gambler, uh, Randy McKay, one of the most respected uh, handicappers around. Also, I mean, this is a it's quite a tandem uh, we put together for this Big Twelve uh, preview today with Paul Stone and Randy McKay. Randy, welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, um, it's still Oklahoma and Texas uh, in this league, and we look at the Bet Rivers numbers with, and Oklahoma is not used to a lot of um, a breakup and continuity. Uh, but they have uh, a first-year coach in Brent Venables. He comes back where he was defensive coordinator. Um, Lincoln Riley, who was handpicked by uh, by Bob Stoops, now is uh, is in USC. He took his quarterback with him. Uh, both of the quarterbacks, Spencer Rattler, he's at the USC on the East Coast. Caleb Williams on the USC on the West Coast. Dylan Gabriel steps in. The Oklahoma Sooners are 2-1 to one favorites to win the Big 12. Their over-under is 9. That's lower than I can, I can remember for quite some time, guys. And, well, people are expecting maybe some transition issues as you go from Heavy offensive mind to a uh, defensive uh, coordinator turned uh, head coach Brent Venables, Paul. Yeah, I tell you, you know, I have some questions, certainly. I mean, first of all, when Lincoln Riley, in my opinion, shockingly uh, headed west to, to Los Angeles to take the Southern Cal job in uh, late November, he also took some players and he took a lot of great offensive players, uh, most notably, I believe, as you mentioned, five star quarterback Caleb Williams. Uh, Mario Williams, a uh, receiver out of Florida who was also a five-star recruit, another one of the Sooners to go out west. So a lot of their you know, best offensive players gone with Riley. Offense has obviously been their calling card the last decade as they've uh, consistently uh, been in the playoff hunt. So I don't think they're going to average. You know, most seasons before this last year when they averaged 39 points a game in 2021, I think they had averaged over 40 points a game in like the previous six or seven years. I don't think they're going to be that prolific offensively this year. I don't think they have the horses. And the jury's out on Brent Venables. I mean, he's a great defensive coordinator, kind of made his name there at Oklahoma under Bob Stoops, and then most recently – uh, defensive coordinator under Brent Venables at Clemson, one of the most respected defensive minds in the game. But now he's the CEO, and he's uh, leading the charge, leading the program, uh, and the jury's out. So uh, Oklahoma will be a very interesting watch this year, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Very interesting team. 
Uh, Randy, um, nine uh, juice to the over, minus 143 uh, at Bet Rivers. There's some nine and a halves out there as well. Um, UTEP, Kent State, our layups, they go to Lincoln. They'll, roll, uh, they'll uh, redo that old rivalry uh, for Nebraska. Scott Frost certainly um, needs a winning season. But, Randy, uh, you had some thoughts on this win total as well. Yeah, I see this team as an under uh, nine and a half uh, for the season wins. I definitely like that. There's just too much transition here. Um, you don't know what you're going to get from Gabriel's quarterback coming in there, you know, a whole new system. You know, Venables, of course, we've already talked about that. Uh, transitioning from a, you know, he's a good defensive coach, but he's transitioning to the head coach. It doesn't always work at times. Um, also, you might look, uh, Oklahoma totals are usually pretty high. Uh, this team might be more of an under-running style type team under him. You know, defensive coaches, when they get the head coaching job, usually uh, when they get in that head coaching position, they usually like to control the offense. Where Oklahoma last year, of course, was a quick strike team, and that hurt their defensive lot. So I definitely see this team as more of an under type team as far as the totals go, and I probably see some value uh, betting against them as a favorite. Well, how much was Ole Miss's uh, offense uh, contributed uh, attributed to uh, Jeff Levy, who's now the offense coordinator at uh, Oklahoma? He was in Orlando at Central Florida. Of course, Dylan Gabriel comes from there. Um, they had the most yards uh, in the SEC the last two years uh, in Oxford. Um, how much does that kind of smooth over the transition that he has a, a relationship with Gabriel, Paul? You know, obviously, that's the reason Dylan Gabriel uh, ended up in Norman, Oklahoma, is to uh, follow his former offensive coordinator. And, and certainly it eases the transition on offense. The uh, the other players, you know, they won't have familiarity uh, with Levy's system. But the most important position uh, in all of sports, the quarterback position, will have that familiarity. So that does ease the transition some. Dylan Gabriel obviously did an excellent job at uh, UCF. Uh, at that level in the American Athletic Conference. But he's stepping up a little bit in class, so it's going to be interesting. Again, this Oklahoma team, as I look at the roster, they've got some pretty good pieces. They've got an outstanding offensive line for sure, but they're skill position pieces. I just don't think they're championship quality, uh, certainly not up to the level they've been the last several years under Lincoln Riley at the running back and wide receiver and even the quarterback positions. Paul, can you remember uh, a total for Oklahoma being as low as nine? When's the last time that's been? Gosh, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't keep historical uh, win total information at my fingertips, but it's been a long time because they've just been the class of this conference, right? Uh, and they've, uh, you know, they won I guess six straight conference championships before last year, so. Uh, it's unfamiliar uh, territory for the Sooners. They're always going to be uh, double digits in the regular season win. So it would be interesting to know how long it's been since they've been nine and a half or lower on their uh, regular season win total. Randy, uh, the Texas Longhorns are uh, the second choice at Bet Rivers at plus 250 to win the conference. Sark, five and seven in his uh, first year, including a loss to Kansas that we 
we know about well. Bijan Robinson, the running back, is uh, as good as any uh, in the country, much less the Big 12. Uh, Quinn Ewers expected to start. Um, protecting the quarterback and sacking the quarterback were huge concerns last year. Their leading sack guy last year had only two and a half sacks. Uh, ULM and UTSA should be wins. Bama should be a loss or two and one before they get to the nine uh, the nine game schedule within the conference. Year two for Steve Sarkeesian, Randy. Yeah, and I know Paul's probably a little biased towards Texas since he went there, but uh, we'll see what he has to say after I do. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, Sarkeesian as a coach. He has a lot to prove to me. He hasn't done it as a head coach yet. He's done it as assistant coach at Alabama, which should be a, a job Paul and I could probably do as a offensive coordinator. But, uh, uh, yeah, and then they got – you don't know if it's going to be – Lures a card at quarterback, so you don't know what you're going to get there. You got to see if their uh, defense is going to step up this year. Of course, they had six consecutive losses and an embarrassing one to Kansas. Uh, that did probably didn't sit well in uh, Longhorn land. But they did. He is going to get recruits in there, so he should have no problem with the players. So we'll see what happens in the second year. But I have a lot of doubts with Sarkeesian. Him and Lane Kiffin, of course, came from Pete Carroll's uh, USC days back in the day. They were both there. Kiffin has turned into a good coach, but it took him a long time. I mean, we'll see if Sarkeesian can do the same thing. I have my doubts, but I, I know uh, Longhorn Nation paid him a lot of money, and we'll see what happens here. Yeah, Paul, the Arch Manning commitment, uh, those those recruiting classes, they're they're still going to play, be playing their senior se- season of ball in high school this year, so that's on the come. But uh, this year, you think the Longhorns have a chance in this league? Yeah, and I mean, I'm kind of a – Randy, uh, you know, kind of said the, the natural thing that I would be a little bit biased towards the Longhorns, but our mutual friend Matt Newmans <laughs> can tell you that I'm uh, – I usually <laughs> bet against the Longhorns and people uh, – I'm hated. Well, I'm hated everywhere, but uh, even more so probably in Austin, but uh, did go to school there. And I know it's a dangerous game picking the Longhorns in the uh, preseason. You know, since they played Alabama for the national title in 2009, they've been probably the most consistently overrated team in the country uh, based on their uh, preseason projections. So this is a little bit of a a, a roll of, of the dice, I will admit. But this team clearly, in my mind, has the most prolific offense in the Big 12. Uh, their running back core, headed by B. John Robinson again, who rushed for 1,126 yards last year, uh, can catch the ball out of the backfield. And then his backup, converted running back Roshan Johnson, a guy who's rushed for over 1,600 yards in his career, averaged five and a half yards per carry career-wise, can also catch the ball out of the backfield. And then you've got Keelan Robinson, who transferred over from Alabama, a guy with great speed. So probably the best running back group in the nation, their wide receiver group. I saw one magazine had it ranked uh, the fifth best in the country. That could be selling them a little bit short. This is a big-time receiving group. Again, Isaiah Worthy last year is a true freshman, almost 1,000 yard, uh, yards receiving last year. They add Isaiah Nayer from uh, Wyoming in two seasons at Wyoming, almost 22 yards per catch. So Nayer, a guy who can truly uh, stretch the uh, field vertically. And then a name to watch at Texas this year, tight end J- uh, Jatavian Sanders, a former five-star recruit. He was actually the 14th overall recruit on ESPN's Top 300 Class of 2021. 
He's a 6'4", 250 guy who can not only line up tight at the tight end position, but they'll flex him out wide as well. Uh, so they have got a embarrassment of riches in the running back and the wide receiver position. Then you get to quarterback. You've got Quinn Ewers, a former five-star recruit, but a guy who should naturally be a true freshman. He should have just ended his uh, senior season It's been of high school. It's been well chronicled that he uh, skipped his senior high school season, signed with Ohio State, only took a couple of snaps there last year. He hadn't proven it. He's an unproven commodity, and it's not even a given he'll be the starter. Hudson Card could be the starter. Some in Austin are even predicting Card. And then you've got the offensive line. They've got to get better there. I think they will. They've got some true freshmen. They're going to have to contribute, uh, and they will play out of talent and also out of necessity. And then you've got the defense. They do have to get better defensively. They weren't very good last year. Uh, They gave up uh, 31 points a game last year, 426 yards. They folded. uh, They led a lot of games at halftime, and they just ran out of gas, and the defense couldn't stop anybody. They're going to get in a lot of shootouts. I think they're going to win more than their share of them. Uh, I'm going to pick Texas, even though this Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, I've got those four teams separated by just two points in my power rankings. So this is a tight okay. race, but I'll go with Texas plus 250 at Bet Rivers. You can also find uh, as high as uh, plus 350 in the market. So that, that your own personal uh, point spread rankings on a neutral field, those four would be less than a field goal point spread. I've got them separated by just two points. I have them really bunched. Okay. They've got okay. a lot of pluses, but all of them have some warts and blemishes as well. Last year's Big 12 champions the, and Sugar Bowl champions as well, the Baylor Bears in year two under Dave Aranda. Uh, what a season they had. And um, Aranda got paid uh, as well. So uh, kind of continued with Matt Rule started because you go back to the Art Browse days. They were high finesse, high flying, but very little defense, almost glorified uh, flag football. This is a line of scrimmage program. And Baylor going into this uh, season probably has – the best offensive and defensive lines combined, the best of the Big 12 uh, this year. So um, be interesting, uh, but uh, Aranda, we know a lot about in uh, Baton Rouge, and he's uh, highly respected. And he, one thing he is married to, he help, he will play a three-man front. You have to have a good nose tackle. He's got one in LSU transfer. 350-pound Siaika Ika is back for his junior season. Over under for Baylor is 7.5. It's juiced heavily to minus 162, Randy. Yeah, I like this Aranda as a coach. He's, uh, you know, like you said, pretty defensive minded runs at uh you know the three uh three three man scheme up front um i like what he did as a job as a you know big year last year 12 wins you know he comes back with a returning quarterback that's pretty decent he likes to go for it on fourth down we know that uh watching his games uh he likes to take chances but i see this team you know being right there good chance to win it and I like this team as being a more of an under the total type team this year, rather than you know last year. Their a lot of their games went over the total. Looking at the makeup of this team, I think they're more of an under team this year. So I see value on uh, betting the totals under when they come out. You know, I bet more college totals than I do sides. I know Paul's probably a little opposite of that. And I'm always looking for correlated totals. So if I can find a dog and under or a favored and over. That usually works pretty well in my betting throughout the year. So I see this team as a 
there'll be spots where they're probably dogging under and uh, that's where I'll be on this team. And that's what I'm looking at for the Baylor Bears. Okay. Uh, Paul, um, I, I guess Bohannon uh, going down with an injury gives you a little bit of a, a preview of uh, Shapin, the kid from Evangel Christian in Shreveport. And I think it was a Big 12 championship against a really good defense at Oklahoma State. He completed like his first 18 or 20 passes. Uh, he looks pretty – it does not look like there's going to be a drop-off at all at the quarterback position. Yeah, Jerry uh, Bohannon's uh, transferred out of the program to uh, South Florida, leaving, uh, as you said, uh, Blake Shapin uh, of uh, tradition-rich Evangel Christian there in Shreveport as the starting quarterback as a true sophomore. And he played, played well uh, in his uh, time last year for Baylor. You mentioned their strengths. I mean, they're very good uh, in both the offensive and defensive line. They return, I believe, four offensive linemen who were starters last year, 119 career starts. They have all three members of that defensive front back, plus the notable addition of Tulsa transfer Jackson Player, a guy who's actually returning home to Waco, where he's from, a player last year at Tulsa in the American Athletic Conference, uh, just to, he's one of the better. He was one of the better defensive uh, interior players in that entire conference. His career: twenty-nine starts, one hundred and thirty-five tackles, seven sacks, and twenty-four tackles for loss. So he gets a lot of penetration. He's a big-time addition to that front three. Uh, this Baylor team on the on the negative side. I mean, they do lose quite a bit offensively, especially at those skill positions. They lose their top three running backs. Uh, led by converted linebacker Abram Smith, who uh, rushed for over 1,600 yards last year. Also, their top three receivers are gone. Uh, the most notable of those, Taquan Thornton, 62 catches, 948 yards, and 10 touchdowns last year. So they lose a lot. And defensively, you know, just to continue the theme, defensive uh, player of the year in the, the Big 12 last year, Jalen Petrie and linebacker Terrell uh, Bernard, both first-time picks, all Big 12 defense. They were both selected in the first three rounds in the NFL draft. So they do have a lot of uh, personnel losses. But, again, I like a team that has experience at the quarterback position that is strong on both lines, and I believe in Dave Aranda as a coach. When they hired him, uh, I was a little bit, I won't say skeptical, but I always just keep an open mind because these coaching hires, you never know how they're going to go. Uh, some coordinators, uh, they go into that head coaching position seamlessly and others never uh, make the transition. But Dave Aranda's the real deal. Uh, he's a serious person uh, who uh, I just have a, an immense amount of respect for, and I think he's, uh, he's worth something having him uh, there in uh, their corner there in Waco. You look at their uh, over uh, their regular season win total regular, uh, rather their only losable non-conference game is going to be a week trip to uh, week two trip, if I can get this out, at BYU. Uh, BYU currently favored by about a field goal in the game of the year market. So that's kind of a coin flip. And then in conference, their home games in conference, they play Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, and TCU at home. They're going to be favored in all four of those games. They might go 4-0 uh, at home in conference. So I like this Baylor team over seven and a half. Uh, heavily juiced there, minus 162 at Bet Rivers. All right, let's look at Oklahoma State last year's uh, another 12-win uh, team, Fiesta Bowl championships, a big um, thing. And they did it um, They did it with defense and second-half comebacks, uncharacteristically doing it on the defensive end because under uh, Mike Gundy, who now is the sixth, uh, sixth most winningest 
active coach uh, in college football. He's had seven 10-win seasons over the last uh, 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 14 years. And, you know, first-team All-Big 12 quarterback Spencer Sanders is back for his fourth year as a starter. He does have to take the next step of protecting the football. He has 40 career turnovers. And just last year with that, with them being so good, only a 20-12 to 12 TD to interception ratio. Uh, much of the defense and the offensive coordinator is gone. Looking at the non-conference schedule, it should be 3-0. Central Michigan, Arizona State, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, all at home. Arizona State's got all kinds of problems. The win total at um, at Bet Rivers is 8.5 for Oklahoma State. They're 7-1 to one to win the, the, the Big 12. Randy, what do you think about the Cowboys? Uh, no great opinion on Oklahoma State this year. Of course, he, you know, Gundy's been there for 17 years. He's not 40 anymore, like he was in the famous interview. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got his, you know, he's, he's got his system. He likes, you know, another coach that uh, likes to gamble, makes a little uh, sometimes suspect coaching moves. You know, I look at coaches more than, than players. I know Paul gets deep into those players like like he does, which he does a very good job at, and uh, he's very good at. Um, they do return quite a few players, you know. They, but their defense only returns four. They return seven on offense, only four on defense, and that's what I was looking at in my notes. Sorry about that. And uh, this team's always been kind of an over team, even though last year they did play kind of that under style. And I don't see that this year as much. I think their game's going to be high-scoring type shootout games like uh, Texas, like we noticed. Nice thing about the Big 12, they all play each other. So we'll uh, we find out real quickly uh, how they match up, and you can kind of look at that as the season goes. And as far as this team goes, I'm kind of the wait-and-see mode as far as uh, any betting on the, on the Oklahoma State team with Gundy coaching. Yeah, uh, Paul, uh, the last three games, too, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Notre Dame, they were, looked so bad uh, in the first half, and they all had big second-half comebacks. Of course, the one in uh, you know for the Big 12 championship game, just inches away uh, from winning that one as well. But especially their defense, uh, it was just the defensive adjustments at halftime were unbelievable. It was, it was pretty drastic the last three games of the year. Yeah, I mean, this team, the la- last year especially, I mean, they only gave up an average of 18 points a game. So you look at their improvement from 2018 to last year in points per game allowed, 32.5 allowed in 18, 26.8 in 19, 23.5 in 20, and then just 18.1 last year allowed. But they lose a lot of people, as Randy said, on defense. They've only got four returning starters. Uh, they lose their top four tacklers, one of those being uh, the kind of the heart and soul of their defense, linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez, who played a lot of football for the Cowboys, uh, now out, out of eligibility. And it's been well chronicled, but Jim Knowles, their longtime um, defensive coordinator, um, gone to Ohio State. So that defense is not going to be as good, and that concerns me uh, a little bit about Oklahoma State. Also, you mentioned Spencer Sanders. He has had uh, – Turnover problems without question. I think he uh, has made maybe the last three seasons or the last four seasons. He's either had the most turnovers or the second most turnovers of any player in college football. And he doesn't have some of his supporting cast back. He loses a 1,000-yard uh, uh, running back in Jalen Warren. 
He loses a thousand yard receiver in Tay Martin. So some of his top uh, go-to guys are no longer there. I don't have a real strong opinion on Oklahoma State's win total. I would kind of be predisposed to go under. But like you mentioned, uh, that uh, three-game non-conference schedule all at home with Arizona State's immense problems, uh, turmoil throughout their program, uh, that's going to be a victory. So they're going to start out 3-0, and and they're going to enter October 3-0. and So I'll be on the sidelines, but I don't have great hopes for this Oklahoma State team. But with that said, Mike Gundy, love him, hate him, or somewhere in the middle, I think this guy does more with less. The last 10 years, they've won at least eight games, eight of those 10 years. So he tends to win football games and does more with less. So they'll be an interesting team to follow. All right, Iowa State, the Cyclones, and Matt Campbell is still there. So you've uh, the, a lot of us expected him to take a bigger job with uh, more resources and more expectations, but he's still in the Big 12 at Ames. And, well, they lost, uh, you know, uh, the two – you know, so two really uh, impactful uh, players, Purdy at quarterback and Priest Hall uh, at running back. They are gone. Uh, five straight bowl games is unbelievable uh, in Ames at Iowa State, like we said, as resource light uh, as you get there. So Campbell is, is still there as a surprise to me. Um, so this, I think, uh, um, Randy, is sort of a test of their program after losing those impact players and so much experience with uh, with Purdy and Hall. Their uh, win total is seven. It's juiced heavily to the under at Bet Rivers at minus 162. Yeah, a lot of transition here. With Like a lot of the Big 12 teams, there's all kinds of transition. And uh, they definitely have to replace Purdy. And uh, Brees Hall was, of course, a great running back for them. And they don't have many returning starters either. So this is going to be uh, one of Matt Campbell's best jobs of coaching if he can get this team to a bowl game, I think. I mean, uh, this team's going to have a lot of transition on both sides. Uh, we'll see if they get tougher on the offense and defensive lines. That's kind of, well, their running game's always been good, but uh, their defensive line's never been strong. And, of course, they got the big matchup with Iowa in the big rival game there in the second week. And uh, that's always usually a, a very close game, usually a pretty good bettable game. I've usually uh, done well with dogs and unders in that game over the years. Uh, they'll probably be over a touchdown underdog, so I might even look to taking them. I'll see how they do in this first game here and then go with them. But as far as this team, it's kind of a wait and see like uh, the rest of them because you don't know what you're going to get with the transition. So, uh, you know, I know no opinion on the total here. You know, mm -hmm. if anything, I'd, I'd look at uh, under under the season wins as far as uh, the Iowa State goes. But this is going to be Matt Campbell's biggest test. Uh, your thoughts on the uh, Cyclones, Paul? Yeah, I mean, Iowa State, I like to say often, you know, heavy is the, uh, is the head that wears the crown. And last year they were ranked in the top ten, I believe, in the preseason polls, ended up seven, six, uh, seven and six. We talked about North Carolina. Uh, doing the ACC preview uh, a couple of days back, and they kind of fell in the same boat as Iowa State. Now the expectations are not nearly as high, and the cupboard is not nearly as full. They only return a total of eight starters, five on offense, three on defense. Uh, we've gone over the, the losses on offense. Quarterback Brock Purdy, a four-year starter, their all-time career wins leader at quarterback. They lose tailback Brees Hall. 
Uh, all Hall did was rush for more than 3,000 yards over the past two years. So that's a significant loss there. And certainly tied in uh, Charlie Kolar, another uh, big-time loss on the offensive side of the ball. So this is going to be a, a year of transition. They still have some, you know, they still have some talented pieces. Xavier uh, Hutchinson at wide receiver is, is one of the better wideouts in the Big 12. Will McDonald, uh, one of the best defensive ends uh, in all of college football. Their new quarterback expected to be Hunter Deckers, uh, very highly uh, thought of by Matt, Matt Campbell, uh, but he hasn't played yet. He hasn't proven it, so he's an unknown uh, commodity there at the critical quarterback position. Uh, and this might be, you know, this is kind of where a team like Iowa State, a program like Iowa State, uh, might be uh, at their best, you know, kind of lurking in the shadows, not, not high expectations. Critical year for Matt Campbell. If he has another down year, uh, his coaching star, which was one of the brightest a couple of years ago, uh, could kind of fade back into relative obscurity a little bit. But I won't be involved, I don't think, in their season win total. Uh, but, again, it will be interesting to see which way an inexperienced Iowa State team uh, with all the losses, especially on offense, how they fare in 2022. Uh, I wonder if Matt Campbell, uh, if I was his agent, uh, he did not strike while the iron was uh, the hottest. Uh, speaking of a guy that uh, was did a great job at a program, uh, a low-expectation program, and turned it into a program of expectation, that's Gary Patterson. Let me get this straight. Matt Campbell's still at Iowa State, and Patterson's gone from TCU after 21 years. Did it get a little stale uh, toward the end? Sonny Dykes comes in. He changes culture. He opens up practices. He televises a spring game and trying to be more media and uh, fan friendly. Uh, So here he is his first year and boy, transition. I mean, 21. It's going to take it's going to take some getting used to not seeing Patterson on the sideline for the TCU Horned Frogs. Seven is the win total. Heavily juiced to the under at minus 167, Randy. Yeah, and I was a big fan of uh, Gary Patterson. He won me a lot of bets over the years. You know, very good underdog coach, uh, big game coach, great defensive coach. You know, he, he pulled a lot of big upsets. You know, another one of these teams that's in the transition. But he does have a quarterback back in uh, Dugan that's pretty decent. So I think he'd be all right there. And Sonny Dykes is known more for defense and offense, even though at SMU, of course, they're more of an offensive-style team. But at California, he's a big uh, defensive-style coach, and I I think that'll lead to a lot of unders this year. Even though the Big 12 is not known for unders, I think some of these uh, new coaches and uh, teams will be some some plays on some unders that uh, you'll find value at. So um, that's what I'm looking at as far as this team goes. But they did lose a lot of returning starters again. And, you know, a team in transition, you never know what you're going to get. So, uh, of course, we'll have to look and see what they do in the non-conference games and then go for there. But no opinion on the season total as far as TCU goes. Paul? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Gary Patterson, uh, over 20 years uh, as the head coach there at TCU, when Chris Del Conte, the uh, TCU athletic director, took the University of Texas AD's job, that was probably uh, the start of the beginning of the end for Patterson at TCU. You get a new AD in there who has different ideas, who has different philosophies, and uh, obviously wasn't the guy who hired Gary Patterson. So Patterson now a special assistant to, uh, at the University of Texas to see Steve Sarkeesian. Um, Sonny Dykes, an offensive-minded coach, comes uh, to TCU, just goes – 
30 miles west on I-30 from uh, SMU to Fort Worth. Going to be very interesting. Um, Randy mentioned their uh, quarterback, Max Dugan, who started 29 games. There are some people in the TCU program that expect Chandler Morris to perhaps be the guy. Uh, Chandler Morris, uh, the son of former Arkansas head coach Chad Morris, uh, played uh, a game or two last year uh, as a uh, backup, got in the game. Had one big game. It seems like it was against Baylor. I think that they upset Baylor uh, 30 to 28, and Morris played that game, I believe, due to injury to Dugan. But there is certainly a quarterback competition there in Fort Worth between Dugan and Morris. Um, you know, I don't have a great opinion. They don't have an, an exceptionally difficult non-conference uh, schedule. They play at Colorado State, then they play home at home against Tarleton State, and then they go to SMU. If I was going to, you know, forced to make a play, I would probably look to the underside because they weren't very good defensively last year. They gave up 35 points a game, 462 yards a game, and there's not really – they lost probably their two best defensive players as well to the transfer portal. So there's no reason to think they're going to be any better defensively this year. Plus that offense is going to play fast. It's going to put that defense on the field even more. So I don't have great expectations for TCU. So if forced to go one way or the other, I would probably suggest the under. Yeah, that defense is not what it used to be, and that's where Patterson's strength was uh, for so many years. And, man, that uh, that year they played in the Fiesta Bowl, again, Fiesta Bowl and Rose Bowl, uh, you know, almost back-to-back. They were as good as anybody uh, in the country. Uh, Kansas State, uh, Randy, you have an opinion on them? Adrian Martinez, who has uh, who's had carte blanche uh, at uh, Nebraska when he flipped his commitment for Tennessee to Nebraska when Scott Frost, his first abbreviated recruiting class, and he started every time uh, he was healthy. A run-first quarterback for sure, turnover prone, but run-first quarterback is what his uh, new offense coordinator, Colin Klein, was uh, as well. Running back Deuce Vaughn is outstanding. This running game should be strong. Uh, non-conference will be South Dakota, Missouri, and Tulane. They were 7-5 last year in the regular season. That's what the twin total is here. There are some six-and-a-halves out there. Uh, juice to the over at minus 137. Yeah, I have a big opinion on Kansas State. I really like this team over the total. Six and a half or seven and a half. You can play them both, in my opinion. I definitely think they're going to be an eight eight win team. Uh, their only question mark, of course, is Martinez. You know, can he? Uh, is this going to be a new place? You know, a guy coming in a new place. Is it going to work for him? And he surely got the experience. And I know a lot about Chris Kleiman being at North Dakota State. He's done an excellent job, and he always stresses. You know, and that's what North Dakota State does. Strong offensive and defensive lines. Of course, he does most of it through the transfer portal. Can this uh, young kid at running back, like you talk, Vaughn, can he hold up, though? He's just five six, small little guy. I think he will. You know, he's a tough guy. We'll see what happens here. You know, of course, I have a big opinion, though, on the over six and okay. a half, and I definitely think uh, – this will be a team to look at, definitely in the Big 12. It's at 7 at Bet Rivers, and you still like it at 7 also. Um, Paul, how do you think this Adrian Martinez transfer will work out for the Wildcats? Well, first of all, I share the uh, – not only did I share the optimism uh, for Kansas State this year with Randy, uh, I also bet a lot of totals uh, to let Randy know. Totals is kind of – I bet more totals probably than sides in college football as well. So I, I think the, the market's uh, a little more uh, 
a little more beatable there on college football totals. But mm-hmm. Kansas State, you know, Adrian Martinez, that's the $64,000 question for the Wildcats this year. You know, we we're talking about Spencer Sanders and his turnover issues uh, when we were talking about Oklahoma State. And Adrian Martinez obviously didn't take care of the football at Nebraska. Uh, but, you know, he didn't have a great offensive line there in Lincoln. Uh, a change of scenery might do him good. And as we mentioned, Deuce Vaughn, all you know, five, six, 175 pounds of him. He's kind of like um, Darren Sproles light. I mean, this, this is a big-time football player uh, out of the state of Texas. They not only have Vaughn, though, Phillip Brooks, he's a uh, smallish guy uh, at wide receiver who's a playmaker, Malik Knowles. He's kind of been an enigma there at uh, Kansas State, but he's a playmaker too, a big-time kickoff return guy, probably the best kickoff return guy in college football this year, had two kickoff returns for touchdowns last year. So Kansas State continues its tradition of winning with special teams. I like Chris Kleiman as well. The four teams that I mentioned as the kind of the co-favorites, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Baylor, I think one of those four are going to win it. I don't think Kansas State's quite good enough to win the Big 12, but they're definitely going to have a say in who does win the Big 12. And I certainly like Kansas State to go over that win total as well. All right, let's get to the one that I like the most, and that's uh, West Virginia. Neil Brown, 17 and 18 at uh, in three years. Is he on the hot seat? He may be. Uh, JT Daniels is going from USC to Georgia. Now he's in Morgantown. Um, and this starts off with the backyard brawl. How about that? A couple of USC quarterback transfers will be starting. Ke- Keaton Slovis for the uh, Pitt Panthers and JT Daniels for West Virginia. All five tackle-to-tackle tackle return on the offensive line. The defensive line, their top seven, six of the top seven on the defensive line uh, return as well. New offensive coordinator Graham Harrell has done a good job, and there's some familiarity with uh, JT Daniels there, and they do have some explosive wide receivers. And keep in mind, you're going from Hogerson to Neil Brown, and Neil Brown got to start at Troy, and, and his success at Troy got him this job. Stylistically, that's some transition, okay? They they have a different approach. With all that being said, I like uh, West Virginia over the six. It is juiced to the under minus 150, so you get back plus money over six as well, Randy. Yeah, the market really doesn't like this team, though, Jimmy. Uh, and uh, I, I don't have a big opinion on them. You know, Neil Brown does – Definitely needs to have a big season here, probably to to keep going with this team. Uh, they do get a lot of returning starters, like you said, and they do have the. Uh, I've never been a big fan of JT Daniels, a quarterback, but we'll see how him and Harold work together, and we'll see how both the uh, USC quarterbacks do. Of course, you said, like you said, the one at Pittsburgh, but as far as this team goes, I don't have a real strong opinion. I think they'll be probably maybe a more defensive-minded, another one of these defensive-minded teams because we'll see a lot of higher Big 12 totals. So uh, definitely look towards unders, and uh, we'll see if JT Daniels can do it. If if he does, then this team might be an over team, but uh, it's a wait and see for me. Paul? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. First of all, as you indicated, JT Daniels um, – and Graham Harrell were together at uh, USC at Southern Cal when they were both, uh, when, when Harrell was offensive coordinator there and Daniels was quarterback at USC. I'm not quite as uh, bullish in West Virginia as you are, Jimmy. You know, if I was mm-hmm. forced to make a play, I would probably look at the under, just look at that schedule. 
uh, at Pittsburgh and at Virginia Tech uh, in the uh, non-conference, and they host Kansas, a, uh, a Kansas team that I think is going to win a couple of games in conference this year. That could be a little bit tricky. And then just going down their list of games, um, you know, I'm a little bit uh, a little bit concerned. Their offense has been less than prolific the last few seasons. They've struggled offensively. They are very good, as you mentioned, in the defensive front. Uh, Dante Steele's back, uh, one of the better uh, players up front in the Big 12. But uh, I don't have great expectations. But like a lot of teams, I mean, we're sitting here around August 11th, uh, you know, talking these teams. They have so many games that could go either way. And, uh, you know, they're a team I could see, you know, on the – on the floor, I could see him winning, you know, four games, and on the ceiling, maybe seven. So, if uh, you know, if I had to make not a strong opinion, but my uh, first inclination would be to look at West Virginia under. All right, and the final two teams: Texas Tech forty to one to win the whole thing, and Kansas two hundred and fifty to one. And Lance Leopold, they they were better last year, and they should be better this year, but they got a ways to go. And an odd uh, firing uh, of Texas Tech last year with um, you know when a guy has a winning season. So, uh, Randy, any thoughts on Texas Tech and Kansas? Yeah, I think Lance Leopold did an outstanding job as a coach last year. I mean, he had nothing to work with, and he was able to get two wins out of that team. It was pretty amazing. Let's see if he can – you know, make Kansas into a uh, football school rather than, you know, they're great basketball school. We know that. And uh, apparently they don't have very good facilities there. I heard uh, Powers uh, with his rating of uh, went and visited all the campuses. And he said that was, it was like a, a Paul probably sees nicer uh, football stadiums at high school in Texas than Kansas has at their uh, place. So I'm I actually real high on Kansas. I, I think they can pull the over this year, and uh, we'll see how it goes from there and see if they can improve. As far as Texas Tech goes, you know, that was a strange firing. Um, they're going to bring back this fun and gun offense, supposedly, with the West Western Kentucky uh, coordinator. So we'll see what happens there. Um, they do got a quarterback, of, what's his name, Tyler Slow, that's you know, it's supposed to be pretty decent. So we see if he can run that uh, Bailey Zappi type type offense. You know, that's just a wait and see team because there's a lot of transition there. So that's my feel on those two teams. Uh, Paul, you you got enough uh, confidence to go over the two and a half in Lawrence? You know, I, they opened, I think, in some uh, places a couple months ago at one and a half. I would have loved to have got in on some of that on oh, the over side, but uh, that's not available anymore, so uh, no need to talk about it. But, you know, I, I've got some uh, guarded optimism for the Jayhawks. You know, Lance Leopold, they not only beat Texas last year, you know, they led Oklahoma, I believe, into the second half and, and had them on the ropes and, uh, you know, played West Virginia, played TCU in West Virginia tough at the end of the year. So they got some good uh, improved quarterback play from uh, athletic Jalen Daniels. And um, Leopold obviously was thrust into a, a very difficult uh, situation uh, after the firing uh, of his predecessor and came in late. Uh, I can't remember exactly when he was hired, but it, it was uh, you know well after uh, the, the end of the season. So he, he didn't really get a running start. So this will be his first complete cycle of being able to put his team together. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough go. Like y'all mentioned, facilities, reputation, um, recruiting base. Uh, they have to go heavily into the JUCO ranks. There are a lot of factors working against them. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they can pull another victory this year, maybe not one of the magnitude of winning at Texas, but maybe put a couple together. So if forced to make a pick, I might kind of lean to the over, but that's certainly not one that I would be uh, looking at very strongly. And if you want me to go to Texas Tech, uh, that is a, a, one of my favorite totals, not only in the Big 12, but one of my favorite regular season win totals in all of college football this year. Uh, there is some six available marketplace, heavily juiced, primarily five and a half, though. I believe it's minus 21 this morning, uh, under five and a half there at Bet Rivers. And I'm going to go to the under here. I mean, you look at this Texas Tech team, a first-time head coach in Joey McGuire, a guy whose reputation was built as a high school coach here in the state of Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. Uh, most recently, he served as associate head coach at Baylor, uh, but they've had 12 straight losing seasons in conference play, have the Red Raiders. Uh, they're 36-71 and 71 in league play uh, over that term. They've only won more than five regular season games once in the last four years, and that was last year when they won six. Uh, they start uh, their non-conference schedule, or I guess they don't start, but I believe in week two they host Houston. Uh, currently, they're favored on the game of the year markets. Uh, Texas Tech about minus two and a half over Houston. Then the following week, they go to Raleigh to play NC State. They'll be about a 12 or a 13 point underdog there. So they could lose both those games. Uh, you look at their conference schedule, uh, it shapes up, um, you know, very uh, um, difficult in my mind. Um, you know, I project them only to be in Big 12 play, a favorite in two conference games those being home games against West Virginia and Kansas. To me, Texas Tech has four wins written all over it. Um, I could see five maybe at best. I don't think McGuire, he's recruiting very, very well. I think he might have success in time. I don't think he's going to have success in 2022, his first season. It's going to take time. I like Texas Tech going under uh, that total of five and a half and even heavily juiced in some markets uh, under six. All right, uh, so there you go. Paul likes Texas Tech uh, under the five and a half. They're uh, find some sixes out there as well. He likes Texas at plus 250 to win the Big 12 title. Uh, Baylor and Dave Aranda, the defending Big 12 champions, over seven and a half. Both Randy and Paul like Kansas State. Uh, over seven at Bet Rivers. You might be able to find a six and a half out there also. Randy likes under Oklahoma, nine and a half. And he likes, uh, in both have a favorable opinion of uh, Kansas over the two and a half. And my one pick is West Virginia over the six. For Paul Stone and Randy McKay, I'm Jimmy Ott. Sports Better's Paradise, our Big 12 preview, part of the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel.